What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, stop. I want to speak to you a minute, Uncle, cried Jacqueline, starting up and flying after him. As she flew, pulling out her handkerchief and letting the note drop upon the floor. A swift, sly, backward glance showed that Grimm had pounced upon it like a panther on its prey. "'What in the devil's name are you running after me for?' burst forth the old man as Jacko overtook him. "'Why, Uncle, I want to know if you'll please to give orders to the stable to have the carriage wheels washed off nicely. They neglect it, and I and Marion want to use it this afternoon. Go to the deuce! Is that my business?' Jacqueline laughed and, quivering through every fiber of her frame with mischief, went back into the drawing-room to see the state of Grimm. To Jacqueline's surprise, she found the note lying upon the same spot where she had dropped it. Dr. Grimshaw was standing with his back toward her, looking out of the window. She could not see the expression of his countenance. She stooped and picked up the note, but had scarcely replaced it in her pocket before Dr. Grimshaw abruptly turned and walked up and stood before her and looked in her face. Jacqueline could scarcely suppress a scream. It was as if a ghost had come before her. So blanched was his color, so ghastly his features. An instant he gazed into her eyes and then passed out and went upstairs. Jacqueline turned slowly around, looking after him like one magnetized. Then, recovering herself with a deep breath, she said, Now I ask of all the powers that be generally, what's the meaning of that? He picked up the note, and he read it, that's certain. And he dropped it there again to make me believe he had never seen it, that's certain too. I wonder what he means to do. There'll be fun of some sort, anyway. Stop, here comes Marion from the quarters. I shouldn't wonder if she has missed her note and hurried back in search of it. Come, I'll take a hint from Grimm and drop it where I found it and say nothing. And so, soliloquizing, the fairy glided back into the breakfast room, let the note fall, and turned away just in time to allow Marion to enter, glance around and pick up her lost treasure. Then joining Marion, she invited her upstairs to look at some new finery that just came from the city. The forenoon passed heavily at luck enough, when the dinner hour approached and the family collected in the dining room, Dr. Grimshaw was missing. And when a messenger was sent to call him to dinner, an answer was returned that the professor was unwell and preferred to keep his room. Jacqueline was quivering between fun and fear, vague, unaccountable fear that hung over her like a cloud, darkening her bright, frolic spirit with a woeful presentiment. 
After dinner, Marian asked for the carriage, and Mrs. Waugh gave orders that it should be brought around for her use. Jacqueline prepared to accompany Marian home, and in an hour they were ready and set forth. You may tell Grim, if he asks after me, that I am gone home with Marian to Old Fields, and that I am not certain whether I shall return tonight or not, said Jacqueline, as she took leave of Mrs. Waugh. My dear Lapwing, if you love your old auntie, come immediately back in the carriage. And by the way, dear, I wish you would, either in going or coming, take the post office and get the letters and papers, said Mrs. Waugh. Let it be in going, then, Mrs. Waugh, for I have not been to the post office for two days, and there may be something there for us also, said Marian. Very well, bright Hebe, as you please, of course, replied good Henrietta. And so they parted. Did either dream how many suns would rise and set, how many seasons come and go, how many years roll by before the two should meet again? The carriage was driven rapidly on to the village and drawn up at the post office. Old Oliver jumped down and went in to make the necessary inquiries. They waited impatiently until he reappeared, bringing one large letter. There was nothing for luck enough. The great double letter was for Marion. She took it, and as the carriage was started again and drawn toward Old Fields, she examined the postmark and superscription. It was a foreign letter, mailed from London and superscribed in the handwriting of her oldest living friend, the pastor who had attended her brother in his prison and at the scene of his death. Marian, with tearful eyes and eager hands, broke the seal and read, while Jacqueline watched her. For more than half an hour, Jacko watched her, and then impatience overcame discretion in the bosom of the fairy, and she suddenly exclaimed, Well, Marian, I do wonder what can ail you. You grow pale, and then you grow red. Your bosom heaves, the tears come in your eyes, you clasp your hands tightly together as in prayer, and then you smile and raise your eyes as in thanksgiving. Now I do wonder what it all means. It means, dear Jacqueline, that I am the most grateful creature upon the face of the earth. Just now and tomorrow I will tell you why I am so, said Marian with a rosy smile. And well, she might be most grateful and most happy, for that letter had brought her the assurance of fortune beyond her greatest desires. On reading the news, her very first thought had been of Thurston. Now the great objection of the miser to their marriage would be removed, the great obstacle to their immediate union overcome. Thurston would be delivered from temptation. She would be saved anxiety and suspense. Yes, I will meet him this evening. I cannot keep this blessed news from him a day longer than necessary. For this fortune that has come to me will all be his own. Oh, how rejoiced I am to be the means of enriching him. How much good we can both do. These were the tumultuous, generous thoughts that sent the flush to Marion's cheeks, the smiles to her lips, and the tears to her eyes that caused those white fingers to clasp and those clear eyes to rise to heaven in thankfulness as she folded up her treasured letter and placed it in her bosom. An hour's ride brought them to Oldfield Cottage. The sun had not yet set, but the sky was dark with clouds that threatened rain or snow, and therefore Jacquelina only took time to jump out and speak to Edith. 
shake hands with old Jenny, kiss Miriam, and bid adieu to Marion, and then saying that she believed she would hurry back on her auntie's account, and that she was afraid she would not get to lucky enough before ten o'clock anyhow, she jumped into the carriage and drove off. And Marion, guarding her happy secret, entered the cottage to make preparations for keeping her appointment with Thurston. Meanwhile, at Luckenough, Dr. Grimshaw kept his room until late in the afternoon. Then, descending the stairs and meeting the maid, Maria, who almost shrieked aloud at the ghastly face that confronted her, he asked, "'Where is Mrs. Grimshaw?' "'Lord, sir,' cried the girl, half paralyzed by the sound of his sepulchral voice, "'she's done gone home long, O oh, Miss Marion.' "'When will she be back, do you know?' "'Lord, sir,' cried Maria, shuddering, "'I heard her tell old Miss how she didn't think she'd be back tonight.' "'Ah,' said the unhappy man in a hollow tone "'that seemed to come from a tomb as he passed down. "'And Maria, glad to escape him, fled upstairs "'and never paused until she had found refuge in Mrs. Lesseau's room.' One hour after that, Professor Grimshaw, closely enveloped in an ample cloak, left Luckenough and took the road to the beach. End of chapter 23「すぐ探しに行くか」「ピックアップはすぐに行くか」